Welcome to episode 10 of Perp Talks, the podcast. Here we are, 2024, so hopefully this year I'm going to get quite a few more uh, pods out than I managed to get um, last year. And I thought, how do you kick off 2024, a brand new year? And uh, then it suddenly kind of landed in my lap, sort of just before the end of 2023. Never had an MBE on the show before. So what better way to start 2024 with the owner of Worthing Football Club, George Dow, MBE. George, how are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm good, mate. Yeah, very well, thank you. I, I imagine it's still very surreal to hear people add that extra bit to the end of your name as well. Yeah, yeah no one's uh, no one's really done it yet. So, yeah, this is probably the first time I'm hearing it out loud other than when I got the award. So, yeah, it's all very strange, to be honest. Brilliant. A- a- absolutely brilliant. Oh, honour to have bestowed upon you obviously I've known you for my god I'm thinking probably seven eight years now maybe a bit longer than that yeah it's got to be got to be seven or eight years at least as well so as far as I know for an MBE someone has to nominate you don't they for for the award yeah uh, that's what they said on the phone because I, I didn't know how it come about really so I asked them on the phone sort of how this comes about but it can be a a person or an organisation that nominates you for it and then a second personal organisation has to like second to that and then it goes through to um, I guess a board that sort of votes uh, all the nominations either they get one or they don't and yeah I was lucky enough to get voted that I did get one so yeah very happy. Brilliant stuff. Did they tell you who nominated you or is that sort of kept a secret? No, they wouldn't tell me. They wouldn't tell okay. me. And I did ask, but they, they said they're not allowed to say. But then looking back on it, I, I'm kind of almost glad that I don't know now because if it was someone that I bump into regularly, it could get... I, have to, I feel like I have to thank them all the time. Do you know what I mean? It would get a bit awkward. Uh, I did say to you, didn't I, when it came out, you know, do I need to bow down to you now when I, you know, when I go to Worthing and, uh, you know... Call you Grace and that sort of thing as well. But yeah, it I went to the I went to the Eastbourne game away the yeah. other day, and everyone was doing that, like Kurt, like taking the piss, <laughs> Kurt seeing and stuff. I was thinking, God, that's going to get old very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I wouldn't look out of place if I do do it. Yeah, so, you know, there you go. So you said you received the phone calls. It wasn't sort of like they sent you a, a letter in the post or anything a couple of days before. Oh no! Initially, oh, yeah, I got a, a letter in the post that, uh, to the club. Yeah. And uh, the general manager called me and said, oh, you've got some posts here. It looks quite official. But I didn't think much of it. And then a couple of days after that, um, I got an email that said, uh, yeah, you've been awarded an MBE. And um, then I thought, oh, blood, bloody hell. Oh, actually, I thought this must be some sort of scam. So I, I looked up um, online, like the honours, the official website and their official yeah. email, just an email them and said, is this? True, or was there some sort of scam going around? And they said, no, it's true. And then I went down the club and opened the letter. And yeah, it said the same thing that I'd been awarded an MBE. So yeah, that was about three weeks or so before it came out on um, yeah, the 30th of December, wasn't it? Fantastic. I've got to say, I think as far as I can remember, you're the only MBE I know. And you'll be the only one I've met when I get back to Worthing to see you. So it's just <laughs> one of those uh, things. But it's been, it's been quite a few months for you as well obviously becoming a father for the for the first time to to bonnie as well how's that going so far yeah it's going really well yeah we've obviously jessica's been amazing and taken to motherhood brilliantly and yeah we just yeah absolutely obsessed with bonnie you can't take our eyes off her and yeah just love her to bits it's going going 
amazingly well, I think. Obviously, hard work, as you probably know. Like, I've got a whole new respect for um, parents, I think. You kind of think when you're not a parent, they say how hard it is and sleepless nights. You kind of think, oh, it can't be that hard. Everyone's doing it. But when you're in in amongst it, you really do appreciate how hard it can be at times. But equally trying to enjoy every moment at the same time. Absolutely. And obviously, the the, the added added, uh, responsibility you've got of, of running a football club alongside you know now your family um the extra interest you'll get from from the MBE award as well but you know would you have it any other way no it's been yeah an amazing end to the year what was already a good year in terms of, well on the pitch and off the pitch we've got a lot done um into 2023 so yeah to finish it off with uh a baby girl and yeah an MBE was yeah was amazing I wouldn't have it any other way brilliant stuff and moving on to Worthing, of course, you've been there, I want to say something like 10 years. Am I close on that? It's a bit longer. Uh, eight, I think it is. I think okay. 2015. So, yeah, eight eight years coming up to nine. And pretty much during that time, I, I've I've known you pretty much the entire time through, through that as well. And obviously seeing how the club's changed, grown, moved and everything. Do you sometimes sit there and think, my God, is this is this all me? Is this, you know, is it really happening? Do you sort of have to think, you know, does your brain sort of do overtime? Yeah, definitely. I, I always try and sort of, because when you're in amongst it, you kind of lose sight of all the things you have sort of achieved along the way, I suppose, because you're always looking for the next thing that you want to do and get done. So it is good to look back and reflect and you do think, God, blimey, how it has really changed so much in the last eight years. that, um, And it's not, I definitely don't sit back and think, oh, it's all me, because I know that, I wouldn't be able to do, you know what I mean, majority of the stuff without the great team off the pitch, um, which has obviously changed and evolved over the years and, and got bigger and more people involved. But yeah, equally, they all do such a such an amazing job and it wouldn't be possible without them. But yeah, it's, it is good to look back sometimes and just think um, what it was like when I first bought the club. And even when I was growing up, my sort of opinion of the club, although I, I, I loved it, but it wasn't, it never felt like a real part of the community, whereas now I feel like maybe it does feel like that. And um, yeah, I think that's a credit to the club and the community that have bought into it. Have you found sort of like the, the, the success that you've had and the way it's managed to grow and keep pace with what's happening on the pitch as well? Have you found it that much easier to recruit good people and get them into the club as well? I think so, yeah. I think it, the, obviously the success on the pitch sort of, um, yeah, gets people's, juices flowing if you like and then it's easier to recruit people off the pitch for sure because they sort of want to be a part of the project and they can see that it's it's going somewhere and I think a lot of people have said for years that Worthing's sort of a sleeping giant in um in non-league terms and sort of sort of underachieving for the size of the uh the town and the population so I think people do realize that and obviously success on the pitch sort of reinforces that and people want to get on board and, and join the journey so yeah, all the, all the good expertise we can get off the pitch, uh, more the merrier, really. I think as well, sort of, uh, especially the last probably um, three or four years as well. Sussex football's really taken a step forward, hasn't it? With y- yourselves going well, Horsham are really starting to build. Little Hampton have won promotion, have been to Wembley. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, do you, do you sort of see yourselves as a little bit of a catalyst that's maybe urged everyone on that one step further? Uh, I don't know. I think I think obviously Brighton have got a, a big part to play, and although it um, 
obviously they're the the, the best team in Sussex, but I, I, mm. I, they've obviously done so well, uh, amazingly well. I, I do feel like that has contributed to maybe a bit more of a limelight on Sussex-based players because I think for a long time that we kind of, I don't want to say forgotten, but there was no sort of big club around us to pick up yeah. the talent um, from from the locality. I, I mean, when even when I was growing up, we always had really good rep teams and when we went and played like Sussex went and played other other counties, we'd always do really well. But I don't know, the players just never seemed to get picked up and you'd be playing against kids that you felt like you were better than, but they were in academies and it just felt like Sussex was a almost like a graveyard for good players. But whereas now I feel like yeah, that definitely the local talent's getting recognised more and I'm 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 proud that we certainly have done our part in developing young players and giving them a chance and yeah, long may that continue really. And like you said, there's other other Sussex based clubs now that are doing really well too. So hopefully um Sussex football can keep growing. But yeah, we obviously want to be near or well, very close to the top of that that tree in Sussex for sure. Which are at the moment as we record on on Monday afternoon, fourth in the National League South in just the second season. Three points off second and just a point off third, which obviously would would mean missing the first round of the playoffs and going straight into the um uh, into the big stuff as well. There are a lot of big clubs as well this year in the um, in the National League South. Do you think maybe that at, at some point, you know, the story's been really good the last few years with the continued success. Do you think with with a lot of big clubs around that it becomes that little bit harder? Yeah, I think so. I mean, normally, all the time I've, I think, been at work, I mean, there's always been a team in the league that, sort of run away with it if you like there's always been someone that's way overspending everyone else and um, then we've just got to try and keep up so it's it hasn't changed in that respect but there's certainly like three or four really big teams that have yeah, dropped out of the football league not too long ago in in the league now and it's it's really good to go and play against them and sort of um, yeah, go to their ground see what they're like and, and play against these clubs and obviously it's it's all still fairly new for us, but we yeah we still want to remain competitive, and I think obviously we did that last year, finishing fourth, and we're doing that again this year, um, yeah, staying in the playoff spot. So yeah, it's a, it's a challenge, but I think one that we quite enjoy as a, as a club because we may never have the spending power of these clubs, but we like to do it slightly differently by giving young players a chance, and um, obviously got a really good young manager and Hinch who. Um, yeah, gives like has the same philosophy as us and is brilliant at recruiting young players for a decent amount of money and then uh, developing them and then they tend to move on, which is obviously brings uh, a more spotlight to the club as well. So, yeah, we've got our own way of doing things and it seems to be working at the moment. Do you find that's more? Um, how can I put it? Um, more, more everyone's more cup of tea that you know you haven't got the financial clout of a Yeovil or a talk here or a Maidstone United. So you have to find other ways and actually when that success comes off, that it feels that little bit better. Yeah, I think so. I think you get more, maybe more buy-in from the community than you would if you were just, um, and I, I'm not saying that these clubs have journeymen, but I, th- I know in the past, Werven have spent money on journeymen that I think, I think the crowd and the, the local support sort of start getting disillusioned when you, when they're not winning games, whereas they're more forgiving with its young local players that, or certainly a lot of young local players in the team, they kind of a bit more forgiving. But equally, 
it is tricky when you haven't got the budget of these clubs because if you do get a couple of injuries or you don't win a couple of games, you haven't got the same sort of resource to go out and bring in new players. So you have to have to be patient. And um, although by and large our support base is patient, you obviously get a few that you lose a few games and they think the world's coming down. So <laughs> yeah, it's uh, obviously you would like more resource, but it is more rewarding when you make things happen without without the uh, massive budgets for sure. Absolutely. How do you sort of see around now? You've been around the national league level for for almost two years, and you've come up through the Ishmian League as well. How do you sort of see the landscape for maybe the next two to five years in terms of other clubs coming through? Do you think the the challenges will get harder? They'll you know stay the same, or maybe just get that a little bit easier. Um, I think the next two to five. I think there's going to be even now. Actually, we're seeing it like there's four or five clubs even in the National League South that are full-time, I think that's just going to keep filtering down and there'll be more and more full-time teams. Um, so, And we've got to try and keep pace with that. And that's certainly our aim in the next two to five years. Is... But obviously, we want to get promoted in that time. But if we don't, we want to um, yeah, sustain a full-time team in the National League South to give us the best chance of of getting promoted. So that's what we're, we're driving towards. And I think that's going to be... Yeah, I think a lot of our, I think the whole of the league above, other than maybe one or two teams, are, are full time. And I think it's just going to keep filtering down. And every time teams get relegated, I, I imagine they'll stay full time. And it'll mean more and more teams are, yeah, full time. And to keep pace for them, we've got to become full time too. Do you also think as well that um, with, um, I was trying to, uh, where was I going to go with that one? Um, if the, if obviously we get to April and the playoffs are won, the National League's calling and that, are Worthing ready on and off the pitch to, to to take the next step? Or do you think there's still quite a little bit more to be done to be able to make the make the transition? Um, well, off the pitch, there'd be definitely things that we'd need to do. I know they give you, when we got promoted last time, there's stuff we had to do to the, the ground, like I think a few more turnstiles and... Um, a few more safe standing areas and stuff like that. And we've already got stuff planned that we want to do regardless of if we go up or not um, to get the ground uh, yeah, looking better and a better customer experience and and stuff like that and, and to get it ready for the National League. So we're already working towards that anyway. So, yeah, but uh, are we ready? Uh, it does worry me when you look at the team. Well, we're ready because we want, we want it to happen and we want to test ourselves at that level. Yeah. But when you see teams like uh, like Ebbsfleet, who went up last year, their budget was like three, well, was reported to be about three or four times our budget, and they go up and they're struggling a little bit in that league. And I think the whole of the bottom four are yeah. our teams that Correct. got promoted yeah. from last year. Yeah. So when you look at that, you do think, blimey, that's that is one hell of a challenge to go up. I know Dorkin have done; they got promoted a couple of years ago, and they've done well. And and, and this year they're just floating above the relegation zone so yeah clubs like that we sort of obviously we want to be playing at that level but it does make you think Christ if clubs with that budget can't can't um, yeah stay stay afloat then how how would we but we, I think we've always been in that situation where we're sort of in the bottom third of budget so yeah it would just be more of the same really and we'd like to test ourselves there and see if we can keep doing what we're doing and make it work do you, do you sort of look to to Mark and Dawkins and sort of see what they've done and 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 kind of look at their model and go, um, we can replicate that, but we can also 
do a little bit of this and that because you've got the extra time, whereas obviously they've shot up so quickly, haven't they? I know Mark said quite a few occasions he hasn't had the ability to grow off the pitch to match it on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, 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 I do, I love the Dawkins story. I know that we've had um, in the past when we've played in the same league, it's been a bit of a, a rivalry, but uh, I, I think what Mark does at Dawkins is incredible, really. Like you say, the rise so quickly, and I know that, like you say, to build a team off the pitch, it, it does take time, and the pace that they've been going at it, it can't have been easy to to keep up. And I think last year he said that he maybe went full time too quickly or something so they scaled it back this year and I don't, I don't know what they plan to do going forward but yeah certainly looking at clubs like Dorkin and their model is slightly different to ours but um, in terms of yeah a team coming up through the ranks fairly quickly I know they've done it quicker than we have but yeah we're certainly looking at Dorkin and thinking well if they can do it there's no reason why we can't Absolutely yeah there's, there's I think there's plenty of room and um, um... And plenty of scope as well. And the, I mean, the National League itself is more of a southern-based league as well. Um, this year in the south, you've had a lot of trips to the West Country um, as well. And I know quite a few clubs have said exactly <laughs> the same thing as well. How have you sort of like coped with that when it comes to, you know, the players needing to get time off work and, and, and stuff like that? I know people like Kane Wills have missed games where they've not been able to. Does it, does it affect Hinch and the preparation a fair bit because of those distances? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, it does. Like normally, the league are pretty good with um, uh, like sort of slotting them games in on a Saturday, so it doesn't interfere with the working week of some of our players. But there, I think there has been one or two this year where the distance on a Tuesday night has been too far. And yeah, like you say, I think Kane missed the Western game, and there's been another few examples where we've been quite short and on the either in the starting eleven or on the bench. We've only to that able to take sort of 13 or 14 because yeah people can't get off work at 12 o'clock in the afternoon to to make the trip so yeah it's, it's, it is tough and it hasn't been that tough for me this year because I've had the excuse of the baby to uh, <laughs> I haven't been able to go off and stay up there and then travel back so but yeah certainly for the team and for Hinch and the preparation makes it a lot easier if it's on a Saturday and it, when it's not it, it, it does become really tricky because yeah like we're a part-time team and some of the players have got jobs that they just can't get out of. Yeah, yeah I, can, I can well imagine. And even if they do get out of them, it's still a, a long old trip on a Tuesday when they have been up for work that morning and even if they've got the afternoon or whatever, they've still been up all day and long coach journey and yeah, all that sort of stuff. So that, that's all stuff we're looking into for the future and if we do become a full-time club, obviously, does that mean that we could maybe start staying at these places the night before and all that sort of stuff? So yeah, it's all stuff we want to do in the future, for sure. Excellent. So, as an owner of a football club, what one thing would you like to see change that would benefit non-league clubs a lot more? And that's not just at National League South level, because you've seen it at the and Prem and at Step 4 as well. So, what what one thing would you change just to benefit clubs? Um, can be anything. Uh, what would I like to see? I'd like to see this part only applies really if we were to and this is probably not a huge issue I think it is if we got promoted but I know that if if you get promoted then sort of the the drinking on the sidelines Mm. becomes becomes a bit of an issue and I feel like that is a huge hit to uh, clubs and their sort of um, 
their income really i know it would be a huge hit to us if uh we couldn't let people drink inside the pitch i think that would be massively detrimental because it's a huge part of the income that we that we've got now that's off the top of my head that's one thing i can think of it's probably not a great one though no to be honest though i think um you know completely completely true i know i know a couple of clubs at your level last year still didn't do pitch side drinking although they could and you know where where the fa cup bars and trophy games in in previous years wouldn't allow it and now that rule's been relaxed um you know it is quite a big one i don't think a lot of people understand as well that once you get people inside the ground that's the you know that's the hardest part of getting them once you once you get them in the food and drink is really where clubs make their money isn't it yeah absolutely yeah it's uh, vitally important to us if if that would scale back drastically, then yeah, we would we would really struggle. So, yeah, that's one thing. I think actually in the national league, though, it's at the club's discretion and and the local authorities. So it wouldn't be every game, but certainly if that did become a rule, that would be um, yeah very hard uh, for clubs to remain sustainable. I would have thought certainly us in the near term. Yeah, and I think actually quite a good point because when you go up to the national league, everywhere you go, it's segregated, so you're not having visiting and, and uh, home fans mixing anyway. So there's very little reason actually why it, it couldn't change. And like you say, yeah. you know, income-wise, makes a big difference. Yeah, it does. Especially, yeah, especially to these clubs that are newly promoted and just trying to find their feet at that level. If you all of a sudden then take one of their biggest earners out, out from underneath them, it, yeah, it adds to, the, uh, adds to the stress for sure. So for... For Worthen at, at the moment off the pitch, what sort of uh, are, the, are the next steps to able to get yourself ready if you get into that National League at the end of the season via the playoffs? Um, well, yeah, like, like I said earlier, really, our, our aim at the moment is to, one, um, improve the facilities and the infrastructure around the ground, which, yeah, we've already, I think, yeah, we've got a new stand going up in the West End in March, I think it starts. Then we've got yeah. plans for north stand and stuff so that's all exciting stuff but i think on the pitch we're looking now and i think hinch is keen and nathan director of football we're, we're all very set on trying to get to a full-time club within the next two to five years and probably start some sort of hybrid model in the next year or so where we still train on a tuesday and thursday night but also we'll do it like a day session in there as well so that um the players that can do it do do it and Obviously, the guys that are still working, um, they might not have to attend them sessions, but it just means that the players that can get an extra session in during the week. And then, yeah, gradually, because you don't want to do it too quickly, that we get rid of all all the players that have got jobs because that would be you know yeah. I mean, the, the key players in our team. So we would never want to do that. So we, then we'd have to sort of then gradually build towards a, a full-time model from there. So that's kind of where we're aiming for at the moment. Brilliant. George, been absolutely great to have you on. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much for the invite. You're welcome, and um, good luck for the rest of the season. No doubt, I'll be uh, I'll be down to uh, to uh, bow down to you at some point in the next two, two or three <laughs> months as well. Um, but no, brilliant. Thank you very much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Cheers, mate. Great to see you. 